Coming up, we're talking about our favorite moments in the Power Rangers franchise. What we feel like are the best moments in the Power Rangers franchise. I'm Rhino. I'm Ken. And we are the Podcast Rangers. Rangers. You join me and this is terrible. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I am your host, Rhino, joined, as always, by my co-host, Ken. I'm Ken. You sure are. Still today and forever always. Well, you know what? If you do choose to change your name, I'll support you. Hey, thanks. Thanks so much. You're you're welcome. You're welcome. So uh, I threw Ken for a loop this week. I thought uh, I I was going to be funny or fun or one of the combination of the two. I don't know if those go hand in hand. Or none of the above. (laughs) none of the above where i said let's you know what let's go through and just say like what are the top moments for us in the power rangers franchise we're gonna pick our top like together we're gonna come up we're gonna pick the top eight because this is our eighth episode of podcast rangers you know eight episodes i said i'm gonna be really fun and make it a whole number thing and (laughs) ken was really good about it he made about four or five and i made about 35 so (laughs) I decided that topic is not going to work. So um, right before we started recording this, I said, you know what? We're just going to start at the beginning. I'm going to go forward in time and we're going to say, what are our favorite moments in the franchise as we went? You know, what are these moments that stand out to us? And I'm I'm uh, I know this is making him nervous uh, because he loves to have notes. I love to tell him a topic and then change it at the last second. I'm so looking a- at a notebook page that means nothing. <laughs> It sure does, pal. Uh, I feel like Tim, the Toolman Taylor, and you are Al Borland. Even though looking at the two of so. us, you'd think it was the other way around. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine. Um, no, so I, I figure we'll just start at the beginning, kind of, and I'm just going to throw it out there, and I will say we can pick one or two moments that really stand out in our head and say like those are the moments like when we think of this version of Power Ranger, this series, and there could be series and seasons. Excuse me, seasons where I don't. I don't really, nothing really stands out hey, for hey, me. If, if you get to a season and you don't have anything, say, written down and you can't think of anything off the top of your head because you haven't watched that season in the last, say, I don't know, 10 years or more. Hey, not, a, not bad for you, Rhino, speaking specifically <laughs> to you and not anywhere related to things that I might be fearing. We can't all have an eidetic memory like me. So I, I just, I, I, yeah, I, anyway, let's dive right in. We're going to start at the beginning. I know uh, a lot of these super, uh, you know, it's, it's a weird thing in Power Rangers, the uh, super fans and then the, the casual fans, you know, and like we say uh, at Podcast Rangers, we like this to be a safe space where if you've seen one episode, one episode, a hundred times or a hundred episodes, you are all welcome here. We want this to be kind of a discussion based podcast. So it's kind of anywhere where someone can say like, you, oh yeah, I remember this or, oh man, don't you remember you know i want it to be a safe happy space um you know ken tries to tear me down every chance he gets as you can tell Uh, or maybe if you haven't (laughs) seen any of these episodes in the last 15 years that's it's also a safe space for you and me 
Well, and listen, we don't, we're not experts either. We're not experts. We're just a couple of guys who've seen an, 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 an uh, unusually large amount of episodes, you know? so More than some... most human people, less than most Power Rangers fans. <laughs> well, it, you know, how many shows in the world have been on for, um, what, what are we looking at now, 27 years? Yeah. No, season 27, 2020. Start, yeah. yeah, 28 in 2021. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like we some hope. people who maybe listen to this. Um, I mean, if it's just my mom, obviously she's older than 28, but some people, you know, weren't alive when those others, when some seasons were on and that is mind boggling to me, but, um, I still think it's really cool. So I also, I don't want this to be a podcast where it's all mighty Morphin because I don't actually think that is, I, I, I think there's magic in mighty Morphin power Rangers, but I don't think that's the be all end all of this franchise. I think a lot of these other shows like really took that spark that mighty Morphin was and just created this like tapestry of storytelling that we have today. And, you know, and, um, We'll get to it. So, so we're going to start with Mighty Morphin, like I said. So, Ken, mm-hmm. when I say to you Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, what is a specific moment? It doesn't have to be an episode. It doesn't have to be whatever. What's a moment that comes to your mind like right away? I say Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and you say, remember that moment when? So there's moments where I'm like, oh, that comes to mind. But then I'm just thinking of like important, significant moments that I appreciate. And I have no. the... I. <laughs> No. <laughs> so, but then there's uh, moments where that stick with me that I can show people and mm-hmm. be like, look this. Uh, and there is an episode in the Green with Evil uh, arc, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's Jason in the kind of like alternate dimension thing at Rita's palace, where yeah. Goldar is trying to impale him with a sword in the fog and he's rolling around and like he's all sweaty and like looking up and he's like, <sighs> like, I, I think know, a lot just, of that is the third episode in that arc, I believe. Uh, Green with Evil Part 3, maybe. I don't know. If, I can't remember if the episode's a different Something names, about, like, the... Because Jason is not morphed at that. Like, I'm I'm not saying, like, the Red oh, his mor- his there. morph has been tossed aside. It's on the ground. Yeah. So he's rolling around in this fog, hiding from Goldar. He's essentially Solid Snake from Metal Gear Solid, like, trying to avoid getting impaled by Goldar, who is like double fisting a sword downward, doing downward strikes to try to kill this teenage child. Uh, And that I'm like, that was when I think like I realized I was like, maybe Power Rangers is real. Well, I I, I, it's a it's a big moment because, um, you know, that I am not um, a Tommy period purist by any mood any means excuse me but um or tommy period piece yeah i i just uh i i mean it was it was when the green ranger showed up that is a significant significant moment in power rangers like i remember i was in third grade and people like came to school the next day and we're talking about and they're like did you see power rangers there was a green power ranger and then i was like oh no i missed it yesterday and they're like he tried to kill them and i was like what like it was a big moment how much of that is like you don't believe them you're just like you're a liar uh i I kid you not this is this is 27 years ago and i can still remember it was my friend kyle what he was doing what classroom we were in where we were and he was using a backpack as if it was a a skip it and he was spinning the backpack (laughs) around on his foot telling me about what happened and i was like kyle Pay attention to me right now and tell me everything. 
And um, it was it was a big deal because this is also the time when Power Rangers was on more than just one day a week. It was on like six days a week. It was on Monday through Friday and Saturday. Monday showed the reruns of Saturday. I mean, I don't know if that's exactly how it was, but it was you were getting more than one new episode a week. So, you know, I played soccer back in the day and I was like, oh, my gosh, the soccer team is not going to be happy if I am not up to date on the show. How did I miss this episode? Um, But luckily, I it had been recorded on uh, on a VHS. So I got to watch it. But that's a big that was a big turning moment. So I do get why a lot of people latched on to that. And that's also that's a big moment for what the Power Rangers are, you know, overcoming evil, but not necessarily always destroying that evil, you know, giving it that opportunity to, you know, it, it's somebody who lost their way that they helped come back to the, to the side. You know, I, I think that's a, a, one of the better, I think it was a big storytelling arc moment because before mm-hmm. that we didn't really have a lot of like to be continued I, episodes or anything, you know, I think it was the most successful in terms of like an actual storytelling, like a narrative. Whereas like a lot of like yeah. what you're saying, like power Rangers up to this point has been like one-off episodes where it's just like, yeah, monster of the week. Yeah. Monster of the week. Bulk and skull will like fall into a cake. Like that's the thing. This was like when we started to get like multi-part episodes of like, some stuff's going down. And I remember that was the the VHS I owned. It was like they released it as single episodes or like maybe two episodes per thing. Like I remember I had no, the middle one, one episode per VHS. I think I, yeah. my babysitter was like, you like Power Rangers, right? And I was like, I love Power Rangers. And she gave me I Green with them. Evil, the second tape. So I remember I didn't have the beginning and I didn't have the end. That was like the, the arc oh, where like Tommy's eyes glowed green. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I guess I'll just watch this on repeat and never know what happens. But that was like the first one of the first VHS things that I owned um, that was like mine. It's it's it is funny to me, though, that you did point out like the big takeaway for you from Green with Evil is actually Jason. And I actually I actually feel the same way when I think of Green with Evil. I also think of Jason and Rita's dark dimension on the ground in the fog fighting Goldar because that also comes around full circle when Tommy's losing his powers to the green candle and Jason tries to make right what went wrong. And he, he also carries that guilt with him. And that's some of that, like that's some of that storytelling that was present in the original season that doesn't get as much credit as I think it should, because everybody always says the first season is very like one-off episodes. And it wasn't till later that the arcs came around and I disagree because I think some of that is great. I think the return of the Green Ranger, um, when they lose all their, when they give up all their coins to save their parents with Goldar, like that's a payoff to that sto- that mm-hmm. kind of Jason Goldar. Uh, you know, like I think Goldar is Jason's like main nemesis. I, I, I that's what I always like think. But, foil, like it's not Rita. Like yeah. he doesn't fight Rita one on one. Like he fights Goldar more than anything. And no, I feel right, like Goldar yeah. has well, this kind of like arc where he's like, I'm going to kill these kids and I'm going to kill like the Red Ranger is the one who is leading them. So it will be so much better for me if I end this. Like my my Empress will love me if I well, kill think about it like this. Goldar is Rita's Red Ranger. Mm-hmm. And so Goldar and Jason are the same perspective people for their their like Rita is to Zordon as Goldar is to Jason. Like that is that is how they tie together. You know what that's I mean? The SAT so it's a question that will pass. That's a parallel right there. Every high school um, but student. I, I don't, I 
don't I don't want to get hung up on this too long because we have a ton of stuff to talk about. <laughs> we're so only talking we about move on. We're, okay. we're already too much on Mighty Morphin. Um, Ken, I also need to ask you to do me a favor, and I hate to say this on the show, but I need you to push your microphone a little bit further away from your mouth. I'm just getting closer. No, it's just because you're your level. So, so fun behind the scenes thing is that um, I balance the audio later, but I can visually tell when one microphone is a lot louder than the other. Um, and I can see your levels are a lot higher than mine. I just don't want them to peak later. And then it's when my people passion, are the passion speaking, it, and I'm leaning close to hey, the microphone. I, I'm the same way. And my thing is I have to lean back when I yell. You know the song, lean back. Um, I hate myself for saying it, but I said it. It's about um, you. So, I just have two more moments in Mighty Morphin that really stand out for me um, before we move on. But I pick one moment from every season. I I have seven more moments. Yours was Jason. Mine. If I were to pick my one number one moment from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, it would be. But I wanted to go in order. I'm picking one significant moment for me was when Power Rangers was really reaching its hype. And it aired the season two premiere at prime time that I had to run back from my um, from my baseball practice to watch was when Lord Zed showed up. I always mm-hmm. think about Lord Zed. And that was a moment in Power Rangers history where I I've even read about it to this day where they actually ended up having to say, you have to tone it down because you went a little bit too far with this really scary American made villain that you've made. Parents um, for, were and- upset. Yeah. And what's crazy is too, is I've read a lot about like the, the stuff that went into like, eventually the fights had to get weirder and weirder because people didn't want them to be making like physical punch contact with the face or the kicks or whatever. And I, it seems so crazy to me now in 2020 that that was even a concern because that is not what I took away from the, from the show. It was actually like the, the meaning of the story. And that was back when parents were like, kids are stupid. They don't know what Mr. Rogers is talking about, blah, 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 blah. But I think about Lord Zed, but really my, I don't, we don't really need to go into that a lot. I think that Lord Zed is a significant moment. Um, I think about the command center exploding. It's the last episode of power Rangers of mighty Morphin, whatever, as we know it, it was mighty Morphin alien Rangers. If you want to go by shout factory DVDs, whatever. Um, I remember thinking, is this the end of the show? Like, and I rewatch it now and it makes me emotional. It was traumatizing and I love the drama of it. I <laughs> love that Rito and Goldar finally did. I love when they teleport into the command center and it's Tanya there and she is like never seen a monster in her life with Alpha and Zordon. And they're like, they steal this crystal that they have just spent however many episodes trying to get. And they're like, bye, teleport out. The other rangers come back from kissing the Aquatar rangers on the beach goodbye. And they're like, uh, what just happened? And they're like, boop, boop. And then this bomb goes off and you're like, what? And then there's a lot happening in this scene. Like Billy not wanting to leave and jump in, like throwing himself he on the panels and explode underneath of him. You know, yeah, it's like silly, but at the same time, it is. It was emo- because Billy was like my favorite Power Ranger growing up, and so it was emotional for me. Where I was like, "Oh my gosh, something happened to Billy," and this is, I think, this was kind of really the another one of those tiptoes into being like, "How dramatic can we get?" But also, like, they want Alpha to go with them, but Alpha can't go with them. They he's can't get initiate out. Initiate the morpher, like not the morpher, no, no, thing. no. Yeah, exactly. He they can't get out alive if he goes with them. 
And so it's one of those, like, it's a pretty emotional moment. And like, you know, and then it leaves you on this mat, like what is probably at that point in time, the ultimate cliffhanger in Power Rangers history. They have no powers that have been stolen from them and all this stuff, you know, and then so whatever. So I always think that's a big moment you, for me. But do you know what the gap was between that? So like that would be the season finale or is that that was the season finale, right? Yeah, it was the season finale because Power Rangers Zio was the season premiere. When what was the time gap between that? Um, it was like summer to fall. Okay. Th- this was back when this was back when the show would be like February to November, and then a new show would. St- well, uh, actually, I think this was before that shift because eventually Power Rangers shifted, and the seasons like it's still kind of on the more or less on what they work with today, where it's like it starts in the spring, ends in the fall. And Power Rangers used to be like each season would be anywhere from 40, like the original seasons, each season is 60 episodes, which is insane now because that's like three seasons in one episode. But it was on average, it would be about 40 episodes or four, you know, so two seasons essentially, but it would be February to November, but it would kind of be like there used to be like a mid, like a, a little mini break because Power Rangers in space had a mini break and, um, turbo had like a mini break but that was when they but were if like that's, if that's like spring to fall like do you imagine what time I, was like I, I when you were think a child Dio started in february i'm pretty sure this happened in the summer because i remember alien rangers happening in the summer because you know what i can tell you based on well, the movie came out in June and then the show restarted that fall. It would have definitely been like the summer. I think there was like some Zio in the fall and then Zio started in like February and then it did the same thing with like there was a little bit of Turbo and then Turbo started in like February and then went February to like November. And then like because I know in space started in like the end so of January or February. If, if this if this episode guide for X-Files is to be believe why didn't why didn't you just look up power rangers uh because i remember so here's the thing i remember watching that episode of power rangers because it was a you were saying it was prime time right it's because no 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 no. i I am i am i am way past that we are talking about the the, okay yeah yeah different x-files episode then sorry okay so i can tell you right now hog day afternoon oh my god I did not realize this. It, like it aired in February. No, I no, it was 96, but um, it aired in February. Hmm. So Rangers in reverse when they become kids was November. And then the alien Rangers stuff didn't start until February. I did not realize that was when the gap was. That is really weird. Um, and then it says Zeo started in April and went from April straight through until november and then turbo oh my gosh there was a really big gap between power rangers then because zeo did the movie it says yeah but it says zeo was um was november 1996 and then turbo didn't start until april of 1997 that is a huge gap for power rangers that's one of the biggest gaps depending on when the movie um, came out that's probably why like they were just like well we want people to go see the movies if they want to see new power ranger stuff and then we'll do the show yeah um no but i mean even for that time because it was it was consistently running february to november february to december for for um lost galaxy wow the lost galaxy went all the way into like 
Christmas, right before Christmas it ended. Um, anyway, that was that was also when they broke it up into like two seasons, but they don't they don't acknowledge that it was two seasons. So, um, sorry. Uh, back to get back on track here. Um, I also have a very significant moment from Power Rangers Zeo that I think of. I think about for me a very big moment because the McDonald's opened in our small town, <laughs> and we went to get McDonald's, and I had to leave the VHS recording, so I didn't know who the Gold Ranger was going to be. And I went with my grandparents, and we went to McDonald's, and I came back, and the videotape was recording, and I rewound it, and I played it, and when Jason walks into the power chamber in that episode of Zeo, I remember screaming and my like yelling to my brother being like, get up here, get up here. And telling him like, y'all never believe. And he didn't even really watch power Rangers. I just need somebody to scream at and being like, Jason is the gold Ranger. This came out of nowhere. But I remember that being like a huge moment for me. Um, and I love that Jason peace conference means nothing anymore. Well, for... Mike, what happened to the other two? I got to catch up in the comics. I don't know. So dead, but uh, that that was a big moment. It wasn't just like the appearance of the gold Ranger. Gold Ranger. It was kind of like the culmination that Jason became the gold Ranger, you know? And so mm-hmm. I always do love that. But, um, it, and then, um, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I'm just like that. It felt like the gold Ranger stuff. Like it was a lot of like MacGuffin or not MacGuffin, but like red herring stuff. And then all of a sudden you're just like, it was, there was a, it was redoing the white Ranger stuff. It was redoing where like you thought David was the white Ranger or like this person was the white Ranger. And they're like, we'll tease it again. And then, and then it was kind of like, well, it really has nothing to do with them. It's this alien that has, that has no connection. But I, I also read that it was, it was originally the idea was that it was originally going to be like David Yost. And then he, Mm -hmm. And then they decided not to because they got Jason, uh, not Chase, um, Austin St. John to come back. And and then they were just like, nah, it was all it was drama. But um, I uh, if we move on to in Turbo, I I do think we should acknowledge the a big moment in Turbo, I think, in the show is the first full switch of a team. The Child Ranger. Uh, ha- Oh God. Yeah, I know. He's your, one of your favorite moments in Power Rangers history. One of the best moments, but I do think this is the moment, like even though turbo for me is a weak spot in the history of Power Rangers, I think the switching of the teams, this was, you know, you do have to acknowledge that this did freshen the show as it went on. And, mm-hmm. you know, we hate to see some people go and some teams go because some teams like it's that chemistry. It all lies on chemistry sometimes. And sometimes it's golden. Sometimes you only have it with a couple of characters. You know, sometimes it's just one. Sometimes it's none. Uh, you know, Rhino, I'm just going to tell you nothing gold can stay. Pony boy. I don't care what you're saying. That's from the outsiders. Get oh, literate, I, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen that since I was a kid. I'm talking about the book. Uh, idiot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I have never read the book. I'll be honest. Uh, grade, you stupid fool. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I agree with you. Like the transfer is what I have written. Like as you changed the entire idea of what this episode was going to be. And I had to come up with ideas like the transfer of all the powers, uh, except for uh, Justin. <laughs> I was like, Everybody can oh change God, except decision. for the worst one. But um, yeah, I agree. Like that. And this is like the time where like Rangers that we have built a connection to like, Adam and Rocky and and it was the Tommy are, move. are gone. Like Tommy is the big one. Like regardless of what you feel about like Jason David Frank or whatever, like this is the episode where Tommy is just like 
goodbye. And he's been the one who has been there. Like prior to this, it was Billy who was there the longest, but Tommy's just gone. Um, so I agree. Like it's, it's, it was the in- first, it was the, it was the first moment where, well, um, cause I think it was like right around this time too, the Zordon leaves. So it was really like a big, massive cut from the original because then it was Dulcia, like Dulcia, right? Isn't that her name? And um, Alpha 6 instead of Alpha 5, but it's still Alpha, so you're like... Um, But um, yeah, no, that was a big moment. I also think we should not move past Turbo without, even though Turbo, like again, I say is a really weak season, the chase into space is a big turning moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, um, I do also when we get we're going to eventually do episodes where we just kind of talk about a specific season, talk about highlights, lowlights, villains, costumes, like how it compares to the rest. But um, I do enjoy the villain of Diva Talks. I just yeah. don't like the season as a whole, but I love, I, I love that over the top ridiculousness of, of Diva well, Talks. But especially like we, on. if we compare like this to our, our like movie discussion, like where Elizabeth Banks was like the, one of the better aspects of the 2017 Power Ranger movie, like Divatox is probably the best element of the Turbo movie. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing about Divatox is she was played by two different actresses, too. Right. But even still, like across the board, like she is the potentially most entertaining, like hamming it up, but also being way more entertaining than a lot of the other elements that are in those seasons. I think are... had the villain not been Diva Tox, I, I think Diva Tox is actually one of the memorable moments of the show in the saving grace. It also Power Rangers Turbo did lay down the, 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 the storyline, the first, like be, the beginning of the end of the show, what was going to be the end of the show. So um, that's why I think chase into space part one and two are really important because those were the turns where they're like, destroy the power chamber, destroy everything. You know, these kids are, they're leaving earth. We're leaving all of this behind. We're going to try something different because this is it. And this is the culmination mm-hmm. of this series of shows. So I, I think chase into space is something not to be overlooked. Right. I think no matter how you feel about it, I think it's one of those great, those great, like, uh, backs against the wall, power ranger moments where everything has been destroyed, you know, and they're just fighting until they're, until there's nothing left. They have no powers. They have no nothing. They have no, no mentor, no suit, no nothing. And is some of those rare moments that we see in Power Rangers history, you're like, this is why they are Power Rangers. But then that takes us into Power Rangers in space. And I I I wrote down here Psycho Rangers question mark. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Do the answer is yes. I, I mean, it's this is this is one of those things that I think we still see to this day that like the Psycho Rangers, I think, are it's a great storyline because it's the first time that we really had an evil team of Power Rangers that was not just like clones or something like that. But it was like it was ongoing. It wasn't Mm -hmm. one episode. You know what I mean? These were a nemesis for them. So dang cool like there's just well they had the armor yeah and it looked like there's something like almost like castlevania-esque about like the where like angles and things like that like they were uniform but also like just there was something off about them there was like a bat like quality to like different angles like as as a visual thing yeah like i just loved their aesthetic so much like again my deviant art, if you ever find it, has that comic book artwork that I did for my Psycho Ranger comic book. But 
it's like the Psycho Rangers, yes, 1,000% like baller. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, even in the years to come from that, I don't think we've really ever seen anything like that either. Again, it hasn't been like, it's, it hasn't been one of those sort of things that's been retreaded upon. And uh, I just think they did it so well. It, it was always so different too, like how they and, solved their issues. And then the fact that they come around again and then, and then with the comic books, like even expanding on that, I think it's just become one of those. I think the psycho Rangers are, I, I would argue an underrated part of the power Rangers history. Well, and that's that's something we're like for so long wanting toys or figures of those and like having to resort to like watching other people like make custom Psycho Ranger figures because they were never getting made. And then when they started to make them, like I was like, I'm yeah. going to buy all of the ones I can. Um, and I'm I still am. But like in the original idea for what this episode was going to be, one of my top five was uh, a Psycho Ranger thing from the comics. So, yes, like psycho ranger stuff is like if you had to drop down like my list of of ken stuff that he likes psycho rangers is one of the well, we'll save we'll save specific t- psycho ranger yeah, yeah, moments yeah, yeah. for the end for the end yeah um but um i would i would also say um you know to to realign ourselves to a specific moment rather than episodes i i i'd say you know, Power Rangers in space as a whole is definitely a turning point in the franchise. There's no question about mm-hmm. that. You know, whether it's one of your favorites or not, there's no question that that brought us into serialized storytelling with arcs and character development and things like that. Okay. Things to look for, you know, mysteries, whatever. Um, and I think co- Countdown to Destruction, specifically those couple episodes are a great culmination of like a series of a show that led to moments. But it, for me, a very specific moment that always stands out to me is when there's more than one. There's there's two very specific moments. Okay. So first it's the four, or it's not four, five Rangers. Um, cause, uh, cause Andros is not with them that are on the roof. And it's like when mm-hmm. all the people of the city, when astronomer is saying that she's just going to destroy the city because they haven't, they haven't offered them up the Rangers where they are or anything. And, and then every, all these, these people in the crowd say like, I'm a Ranger and I'm a Ranger too. And, you know, I, I know we said it in our favorite moments of the, or our favorite, um, seasons, but that's a, that to me is what, you know, it, it, it is the message of Power Rangers that we are all, whether we have a suit or a power or not, we are all Power Rangers. And I think it's just one of those beautiful moments, you know, that works on multiple levels. But then I love that, like, Balkan Skull are part of it, all these things. But I love that moment when they're on the roof and they're like, you know, stop. You know, like, we are the Power Rangers. And they morph in that. It's I, I want to say it's the first time in the show they morph without any special effects other than it being like a physical cut effect with the explosion and stuff and and that was kind of like i remember always thinking like how did they do this is that a cut in the edit the camera never seems to move how did they do this you know and uh you know i'm sure it's very simple too if you look back on it now but i always think that's a big moment because that's the moment when the power rangers first tell everyone we are the power rangers and that they're just like they're kids you know, like, yes, there have been people who figured out or learned who they were or whatever throughout the show here and there. But that was a moment where they just said, like, we are, the, you know, we are those people. And it was just that moment where it's like they're, you know, they're burying themselves. And I, I think about that a lot. And then the other moment in Counter Destruction that I think is also important is when Zane, uh, Zane, I keep saying Zane, when Andros 
kills his sister and then kills Zorda. Zorda. Okay, it, it's these moments. The the uh, I can't not think of Power Rangers and not think of the spiral saber shattering Zordon's energy yeah. tube. But I, also, I it's like. That is a turning point in storytelling with this show, too. And that, if ever there's like a documentary or a look back in history of shows in history where, like, you know, this will be that underrated moment where I would say, like, that's a moment where it is, it's a big moment. You know, it's a heavy moment, but Andros killing his sister in that moment, too, is it's an accident, but it's also like that good versus evil. And it's this, like, it's also saying, you know, it's not black and white. There's stuff in between. And because when Ecliptor comes over and he's like holding her and he's like, oh, my princess and whatever, because there's love on that side, too. And there's mm-hmm. this whole it's just this multifaceted emotional moment where nothing is just very cut, clean, cut and dry. And, you know, and, and you're just like, I think it's a beautiful moment in the show. I, agree. I mean, like I have the Zordon thing on here. I, it's also like it's one of those things like if you've been like watching Power Rangers up to this point, like Zordon has been this kind of like fairly consistent thing. Like he's been gone for a certain number of episodes. Yeah, more or less. Like, yeah. Like, but more often than not, he had been there as this kind of like, like ethereal father figure to these people. And then to have to be like, you have to destroy me because blah, 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 blah. like, and then to have it happen, like you always assume like in Power Rangers, like, well, they'll find a way to make it so it doesn't have to be this terrible thing because they always do up to this oh, point. Yeah. And they commit to that. And then they're that, just ne- like, Zordon nah, never comes he back. Did. Yeah. Like he has never come back. And I always think, too, is that that's a metaphorical moment, a statement in the show where it says it, it essentially is we are breaking. You know, this is the moment where we destroy the mold, where we. Mm-hmm decide we can either stay committed to this one thing or we can do and that's where it kind of becomes you know and people argue that lost galaxy is the first like post zordon error i don't think i i think i would say that um lightspeed rescue is but because even even you know even though there were the crossovers and stuff like that like for me lost galaxy still because it has corone come back in because they're using the mega ship because alpha's there because bulk is there like there's there's a lot of still like it's the epilogue to the zordon era yeah. it's that also acts sort of as the prologue to the beginning of the next jumping off yeah where that tissue becomes a little less still being consistent but a less and less connective to the original thing but but it, that, but that I also think that's such that beautiful moment where it says like, this is the end of everything, you know, in the beginning of something else, you know? And so it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's really good, you know? Um, so lost galaxy, do you have a moment that uh, comes to mind in lost galaxy? Uh, nope. Oh, really? Cause I have a couple. So, um, I know I said one or two, but it's almost like, okay. So I would, it would be remiss of me as a homosexual man to not point out the moment, number three I moment I, of all of power Rangers. I, I, I can't remember the episode title, but Leo has been taken prisoner and we all know the meme and we all know the moment where he finally gets at breaks loose, gets the quasar saber back. He rips the tank top off. He is sweaty. He is jacked and he is fighting a Trakina, I believe, like without a suit, without whatever. And he like right before he morphs, he holds his well-oiled muscled arm up and, and he rips the shirt and then morphs. And it's just this one of those moments where it is 
It is badass, but it is also one of those. It was a sexual awakening for me. So I would be remiss not to point that out. But I also think um, the there's a beauty in this, like in in the story. I know it's a specific moment, but the the Psycho Rangers, the Make in space Lost Galaxy crossover is so good. It is such a solid. It feels so much longer than one episode, but I call it just the one episode, even though they are in more than one episode, because that storyline is that one episode. And then the next episode is a whole nother story that involves those characters, too. But it's about the passing of Cassie, uh, um, Kendrick sacrificing herself to save Cassie because one of the Psycho Rangers survives. So I think one of the best moments in Power Rangers storytelling in history is this apex of this moment when Cassie, oh my God, when Kendrick destroys the um, the saber. I cannot remember what it's called right now. Destroys the saber that the Pink Ranger is using, and it kills her. And uh, you know, and so the Rangers are left with like one less Ranger. And so it's just like, it's this whole like crazy thing. But then the fact that they, the evil, the bad guy from the season before who somehow comes back and becomes the pink Ranger from this season, like there's this, this beautiful, like it starts out as this crossover with like enemies before and then a sacrifice from the current season. And then it's like a past becomes a future. It's this whole culmination of this three three episodes that become this what i think is something that i've never seen since then anything like that in power rangers like you know there's there's been some storylines about sacrifice Mm -hmm. and and that sort of thing but nothing that is this like one two three like right it's this like it it starts a whole new lost galaxy to me is one of those shows where it has this weird it started out where I was like, I don't know how I feel about it. And then it has like turning moments and it is all, it is growth. It is changing. Like it is not the same show at the end as it was at the beginning. It does a lot of stuff. You know, there's the episode that's all American. They basically don't morph at all. And it's like an alien movie and that's great. But I can't not think of lost galaxy without thinking about Kendrick's slicing that sword and dying to save Cassie. Yeah, I think um, like the idea of like the the Psycho Rangers also like if I'm trying to describe that to someone like I'm just like, well, they're somehow responsible for and like the first Ranger that we see die. Like, yes, she is making the choice and she is doing this thing, but like it's still actually you're right. Yeah, I didn't think of that. It's still correlated to these like these villains who it's the are... first destruction of a Ranger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And and it's not even it wasn't even their enemy. It's like she finished off an enemy from a season before. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, yeah, it's kind of like she was helping somebody else. You know what I mean? Yep. I don't know, and I love that full circle about like I like the redemption story with Carone that comes around from that too. You know, that like so Cassie uh, Kendrick's passing saved Cassie, but it also saved somebody else too. You know, it mm-hmm. saved Carone. So it's, it's like she saved two lives in one sort of a thing and, you know in true power rangers fashion she comes back to life as always but except for unless you're zordon if you're zordon you die forever sort of um bit. i think a big moment too i think lightspeed rescue has it's not as, it's the i i think we should acknowledge the fact that lightspeed rescue has a big moment in power rangers history with the first american made yes. power ranger which is the titanium ranger uh, as someone who is currently watching multiple auctions for um titanium ranger figures yes i that is a thing are you really 
I am, and it's like the ones that came from like the Super Mega Force line, like the the little like four and a half inch oh, things. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, because I was like, well, what line, what figures came from that? And like they had some like interesting ones, and I was like, well, I have figures of this, this, and this. And I was like, I don't have a Titanium Ranger, and I was like, he looks he so i don't like the suits from uh lightspeed rescue but i do I like care, yeah. the the titanium ranger like his, because yeah his is different enough to where i was like i appreciate this and i i do when i think of that season because that's one of those ones where i was watching uh the shout factory dvd sets and i was just like i never cared about this when i was a kid so i don't care about it now mm. but there are things about like his arc with his father and like the trials and tribulations kind of dark like, like that he was going with his father where I was like that I can kind of relate to as like this child from like this kind of like divorced family sort of situation, like different issues and conversations or difficulties having conversations with my father to be like, this strikes a little bit too close to home. Like, obviously my father was not a monster or anything, but like that, but like his, well, the father either. isn't really a monster either. Yeah, you're right. It's just he, like he, he has. Just, he chose the. He chose he to save the son. He chose. You know, he basically chose a. a, a, a he put the son in darkness by choosing to yeah. save him. You know. So I mean, like those things always kind of like stuck with me, um, just in general, and like it's to have that arc be in something where like they're also introducing this completely new ranger. Like that was something completely removed from the Sentai footage totally. So I, I've always appreciated that. So yes, that's why I'm currently watching. Uh, I think like four different auctions for uh titanium ranger things. Well, a big thing for me was that his name was Ryan. So I was always like, Oh my God, the first American Ranger is named Ryan. And so I have his, I have his morpher. I have his action figure. I have his ax in the blaster. I have the Zord. I have all of his stuff. So I was very like, okay, he, for me, he was the thing in lightspeed rescue. I didn't, I don't hate lightspeed rescue, but I don't love lightspeed rescue. I never liked the idea that their secrets, their identities weren't really secret. I, I, I mean, I appreciated it for what first, it was, where it was just like government funded one. I was yeah. like, okay, this is different. It's I respect the first time that. Where we see this kind of like what would probably actually happen where it's like government funding. If government you think of like the over, Avengers yeah. movies, right? Like shield is being like, well, we are going to yeah. hire you to do this stuff. Like, so power Rangers would be this perfect thing. Um, and they would get away from hiring children to do this. So, well, and it, it, it has good moments too. You know, there's, that's the first, the, what I can think of was other than the Rangers morphing on the rooftop. Um, you know, it's got this one scene where I think it's like Damon and, um, is it Damon? Is that the, no, Damon is lost galaxy, right? Um, it's Reggie and Chad, the green and blue Ranger. I, I sometimes get their real names mixed up with their character names, but the green and the blue ranger are fighting in this park in this one episode. And he throws out. So up till this point, they've just done the morph, you know, the morphing sequence, the hero sequence. And he throws out the shield that you see. And there's a shot where he like flips through the shield sideways. And I remember watching it being like, how did they just film this? Like, how did that actor get into that suit from this spot to this spot. Like, I still think about that scene. So that's a big moment for me. But, um, and I like that it tried something different like that. I think it paved the way in terms of being like, all right, well, let's try all venue. I don't, I don't think Power Rangers is doing that anymore. 
And so even if it's not my favorite season, I still respected what it did. Um, and then that's going to bring us to uh, Time Force, which there are just so many like because Time Force is my favorite. But there are big moments in this. Like we do have to acknowledge, you know, this show starts. They kill the Red Ranger in the first episode. Yeah. OK, uh, the Pink Ranger is the leader of power range. Like it is the first season where they were like, it doesn't matter what the footage shows. The pink Ranger is the leader of this team, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I, I, I wrote like, I, I think the whole, it's hard to pinpoint an exact moment, but like, I think about the Dawn of destiny story arc with like Wes, you know, when they've changed the future and Alex is alive and he comes back and he's like, okay, well my place is gone. Like, what do I do now? Because I was kind of lost before I had this, before I belonged to this team, but now their person that they belongs with them is with them again. And, um, and you know, like, but I don't have a place in my other part of my life. Like it's this whole thing where I, I just love that. Like lost thing. I, I'm going to apologize. There's a lot of like crinkling, crinkling and dishes being sh- uh, slammed around. If you can hear that, but, um, so I just, I love that moment. I love, I, I love, I, I love that like pull between him. I love the pull between Chan. I love that Alex is like, I am not the person I was and that sort of stuff. I think there's a great message at the end of the se- I, I One of, for me, one of the best moments is that scene where it's like the end of time, like part, I think it's like toward the end of part two. Well, the end of like part one, Wes is like running toward all the villains and they're all in the future and the guy and Alex is like, yeah, West dies. And so there it just shows him basically going to where he's going to die. And then um, uh, it's like then the, there's like it's um, Eric has been like defeated and like Wes is with him. And and Eric's like, I still don't need your help. And then Wes is like, what is your problem? And it's so is this guy, this like rich kid who became the Power Ranger. And then it's this poor kid who became the Power Ranger who has been like, you know, uh made fun of his whole life for being less than everyone else. And Wes is on the other side of that, where he's a rich kid who doesn't think less of anyone else um, for having less, you know, and it's just this like polarizing moment. But I love when he says, you know, we are both power Rangers, you know, that's the thing that we are together. And like, it's this whole, like anybody can be a power Ranger. So I think about that specific moment between them, you know, that, that was a highlight for me. Um, this one visual image from time force that I, that sticks with me. Like obviously time force means a lot to you, but there is one image that I think of when I, I think didn't of care time for your emphasis on you, you. So I, I mean, like we've talked and time force is something that we both appreciate. You obviously appreciate it a little bit more, I think than I do. Um, but there is one moment that happens in time force where I'm just like, that's the thing that sticks with me throughout all of power rangers more than anything else like it is the thing that i draw like when i and i was drawing when i was in high school but when wes's like mask gets shattered Mm, and he's you see him inside the visor like because up to this point you see power rangers in their helmets or you see them in their suits without their helmets well i think lost galaxy was the first shattered helmet because leo's helmet breaks in the last the three part finale it's yeah it's like a small hole gets shattered through the helmet because he gives the thumbs up and then and then um in the last episode of lightspeed rescue 
um, the demon, I can't remember because it, remember it was like, there was the one original demon and then the sun comes back and it was like, whatever. When, um, Carter is fighting the demon, they shatter his helmet. He has to take his helmet off because the glass was shattered. It's very quick in that, but it happens to him. But Wes is the first time where it's just like the whole, f- the whole mask is shattered. Like the whole face place is shattered and you can see through, mm-hmm. you know, what Leo's got the whole thing. I don't think uh, Carter wore his when it got broken though. I think it just was, it was like he got hit in the face and the I next shot is the broken helmet on the ground. Yeah. I just, there's something about that, like, m- like with that specific helmet and like the, like, I don't know how long he's yeah. actually in the helmet while it's shattered. It's for, like, it's for, it's a couple of minutes. It's, it's a little, cause he has the whole dialogue with his dad, but that's like the thing. And that's one where like, I've looked up like the Sentai like footage to, and it's different. Like it's, it's weird that like the Sentai, I mean, obviously it's different because like they don't have the same actors, but like the breaks on the helmet are totally different. And the one on the Sentai footage is obviously a little bit more interesting um, just because like they have like the circuit board stuff and his helmets like damaged all the way up and like the mouthpiece is damaged. But like it's, yeah, it's but one I, I those... also think, yeah, they don't, they weren't, they were kind of using the props from the other show, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so like, and if you haven't seen like the break from like the Sentai footage of that, it's it's definitely interesting just visually. I actually um, don't think I have, to be honest with you. I'll send you this other, other than what you can catch in the episode. Um, let me see if I can copy. Because in the in the episode, he's like, I, I you know, there's some of the Sentai footage where he's like face down and there's like a hole in the ground around him, basically. Oh, but... no, 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 no. Um, let me see if I, I'll, I'll send it to you in the chat, but we can move on from here. Well, I, I do agree with you. I do think that's it. You know what I love about that moment, though, is actually the black, um, the makeup on his face, like the because it's like the explosion it's, happened and it like yeah. carried through under the helmet. So he's like it, dirty. His face is dirty underneath. To a certain extent, it looks like a Looney Tunes, like Daffy Duck, like lit. Oh, no, I thought it was like Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins. I was a chimney sweep. Even still. All right. I sent you the picture in the chat. Marison. Um, so, okay. So I, 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 you know that I do not like, uh, Power Rangers. Oh yeah. I see what you're saying. It's like the, the Sentai one has an extra layer stripped off of the top of it. And he looks terrified. Like (laughs) that's some bad. They also also can show blood and stuff like that too. Anyway, we can't show that in America, but I'll tell you um, about Common Rider later on right now. Nah, I don't want to hear about it. I don't like it. Um, so gore. Um, I'm not into any of the Japanese stuff, just so everyone's clear. I don't, I'm not one of those people where I think you ever have to have seen that to appreciate any of that stuff, nor do I think you have to. I think we've created that's true, a new, but also wrong, but, um, continue. so I want to say, um, I want to just want to, um, wild force. I know I do not like wild force. I know there are people who love it and I understand the thing, the story plot of the villain and the parents. And that's why, and he kills the mom because he loved the mom and it was a whole like Harry Potter sort of thing, but whatever. Um, for me though, I often think about the, there's two crossovers in wild forest that I think really changed kind of the visual aspect of, they upped the, the, uh, the quality or the, the visual of what, what these things could be. And it's the, um, the crossover between time force and wild force, you know, I very specifically think about the fight where like Wes and Eric show up, um, to in there with that. I don't know if it was an org or mutant or what it was. Um, 
and they're fighting and there's a lot of that like slow motion, like speed sped up and slow motion. And that was kind of the first time they started doing that on the show. And it looks, I still think it looks great. And I think the storytelling there is great. And I think it's like an amazing epilogue, but also it fills in any of the loose ends on power Rangers because it's kind of like, well, how did Rancic pull weapons out of his body and all that stuff. And I know it's not a specific moment because there's a lot of specific moments in that, but I often think of Jen when she shows up in that black leather outfit with the dreads and she's got like the, uh, uh, her hair's in the knots and she's got, yeah, for different reasons. And, um, Tell me She's about got Leo the four, again. the four blasters. I'll tell you about Leo for forty-five minutes in our next episode. <laughs> but, um, I I just think there's a lot of there's a lot of great stuff there. But then Wild Force also gave us the ten-year anniversary episode, which we will be talking about soon at length. Um, but again, that sort of fight style with the slow motion and the go, like the sped up, slowed down slow, uh, fight scenes, are very present <laughs> in that as well. And I think about those as a big moment, but. I don't know why. Have I glossed motion, over any slow of your... motion and the go? The slow motion and the go. The slow motion and then the speed up. Like the the like it almost comes to a complete stop and then it goes. You know what like I'm talking it stops, about? It's like when and then it goes. Well, like specifically, there's that moment where like Tommy's in the ZO5 outfit and he kicks the battle borg or whatever it is, and it stops, and then the Shadow. camera moves around. No, it's not a Shadow Borg, it's something else. And it like moves around. And then, then it blasts off. So like, it's like it stops, but the camera has moved around. So it like takes that matrix fighting style to another level for, for the show, whatever for, for like, what is a children's show on a network television? It's pretty good. Um, and it's better than that standard, but the next like real big moment in, in, in power Rangers that I think about is, I am not one of those people that I think like, I do not think Tommy is like the Jesus of the power ranger story. Uh, but I, I, I do think it is a big deal when he comes back into the story in Dino Thunder. So I think about, I think about that scene in the first episode of power Rangers Dino Thunder in the, when they're on that Island and he gets thrown into the tree and you see his face and you're like, Holy crap. That's Tommy. Like, yeah, that's a big moment. I think that, and when he morphs into the black ranger, and this is this the series where we realize, like, are we find out what different careers Tommy has had up to this point? Well, he hasn't really had any other careers. Isn't there some? I feel like there's something where he's like he was a no, race that's car like, driver, and then he was like, a, "You're a, you're just mi- mixing it up because it it he yeah in Turbo when we last leave Tommy, he's like obsessed with being a race car driver, and you're like that came out of nowhere. Um. For me, I always thought the fact that he's like their science teacher and he's he's specializes with like a degree in paleontology. I'm like, well, that makes sense. He's from the original Power Rangers team and they were all about dinosaurs. Why wouldn't he have studied that? Mm. You know what I mean? So I, I do love that they bring him back to a dinosaur rooted season because for me, it just logically makes sense. Like, I don't know. Also, they've never done something like this again. And I I. Say what you will, but I think this is one of the better seasons because it was both new, but also honored what was before. You're and I wish they like would do that with other Rangers. Bringing back other Rangers as like a mentor type figure. I don't even think they have to be the mentor. I think that I would love to We're see just a season someday where it's like five other Power Rangers. Yeah. So five like what they... old, 
Power Rangers with one new Power Ranger. Do what it in do. space. In space had four previous Power Rangers with one new Power Ranger. Well, like essentially what they did in the comics, like beyond the grid, right? Like all yeah. previous. Ra- okay. Come on. Come on. That's not the first time they did that. Operation Overdrive. Which, well, which we get to. Right. So well, I, anyway. I think another significant moment that was really enjoyable was when Tommy's in the coma and he's fighting his past selves. I think that was the great, yep. the fighting spirit episode I think is good. And then, like I just said, I think um, for me, I do enjoy the operation overdrive 15 year anniversary. Once a ranger special, because it's, it was, you know, there weren't a lot of things at this point, but it really, the emphasis wasn't on whether you're a red ranger. It was rangers from, yes, they were all Disney seasons except for Adam, but I think it was the first time where you're like, wow, they got like a complete season of power Rangers. The red Ranger isn't the leader, but there's, it's cool that there's one of every color from well, different seasons. So this is, this gets into like my list from the, what this episode was originally supposed to be mine. Like my number one from this does tie into Adam, but it's tied into Adam from in space when he comes back to help Carlos why so, didn't you bring it up when we were in space? Because you wouldn't shut up about in space. <laughs> I Not just love it so by. much. You just keep every day. You text me. He's like, you know about this about in space? And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But did you know in episode three, frame 46 of minute three, 30, do you know, you can see the, the, the suit actor in Ninja Turtle episode and shell shocked in this frame. Um, my, like I love Adam as a ranger and like the Johnny Young Bosch as, as an actor in general, but like the, when he comes back to help Carlos and in space um, is like mm-hmm. one of my favorite episodes of all time. So him, when he makes the decision to morph, even though his morpher is broken is I love it insane. And the fact that he keeps going in, like even when I was, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the but in and out of the morph. That's like, not even that, like, like one of the coolest things. It is, but it's not even like the main thing from that. Like you, it's you were, you and I were talking about this prior to recording, but like, this is one of the first times where we see a ranger come back who like, what happens after they are done being a ranger? What's life like after? Yeah. And like Adam talks about it. He's like, well, I miss saving people and I miss doing this stuff and I miss like the action and doing this stuff like it's it's not even the action scene of him fighting the bad guy that carlos is afraid of like because this is all predicated on carlos being afraid of things um and because of our like he, afraid had, of he had just hurt kathy yeah so like adam had like, just broken kathy's arm so or adam dislocated her shoulder or whatever adam is there and he's like i'm gonna do this and he's like i might fail and i might die but i'm gonna do it because it's the right thing to do and i'm gonna do it to protect you um but also, like, he has this heart-to-heart conversation about, like, you know, I do miss it. Like, it's this thing where it's, like, there is still this drive to want to do this thing, and I can't. So, where you're talking about the Operation Overdrive, like, uh, where he comes back, and he's in the suit, and it's just, like, it's almost like this full circle thing of, like, somehow he's able to get things situated to where he can come back to assist and be this. He's essentially a leader. I'd like to see him the... come back again too, to be honest with you. Yeah. Oh, he's one I of love my it absolute because, favorites. Well, what I love about that episode is that it's, it was, you know, we had to add Dino Thunder not too long before this, but that they 
distinctly chose somebody else that it was that it was Adam that it, you're like you're pointing this out too that it was like okay well Adam did continue on after and like what's Adam doing mm-hmm. I also your- think which which morpher do you think that was was that the Mastodon morpher was that the morpher between oh, yeah. that's that's got to be Mastodon that, that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't frog power, right? No, that was no, Mastodon. No. That was that was Mastodon, and like because it's it's legitimately broken. Like I feel like there was some sort of disconnect, like because he goes from frog. I think it was. I think it was when the Morphers exploded after the Zords, when the Zords were destroyed, and it like fed back into the command center and destroyed the so dinosaur like, power, and then they had to go had get the power. I think it's. Coins. I think it's that Morpher, yeah, because Goldar crushed the ninja coins. Mm-hmm. So, so I would, yeah, I'd argue it's Mastodon. You're right. Yeah. And like the idea of like a, a ranger keeping that like almost as like a keepsake, but also like memento. I, yeah. I, I could still do something with this maybe if need be. And if you remember to my psycho ranger comic on DeviantArt, Adam becomes the, the villain. <laughs> Oh, geez. What a twist. Well, I I think about how like they they keep being like, well, Tommy has the dragon. And I'm like, yeah, well, Adam's the original keeper of his coin, isn't he? Like, I mean, I guess they both would have been the same time. But Adam also kept that coin. So you're like, who else has a coin? Does Kimberly still have it? Like, I I, I just, you know, it is one of those things where sometimes they say like, oh, I, I, you know, and I'm not against being like, I get it. Jason David Frank is the is the the pull they have to be like, all right, he's the accessible. We can, we can get other people to come back in the draw where they're like, we've got the original, whatever. But I'm like, but it's not just him. It's not one person. It's a team. That's the difference between, that's the difference between mission impossible and James Bond. James Bond is about James Bond. Mission impossible is about a team of people that support, you know, Uh, yes, there is a leader in that team, which would be Ethan hunt, but that it is a team of people. It is not just Ethan hunt. James Bond. And this is the, this is the Ethan Hunt, um, the Ethan Hunt podcast will be coming up soon. But, um, yeah, uh, so I, so I, I, I agree with you. I think this that ties back into what you're saying about that. That um, I do think that you know what I love about that episode too. It's like an unpretentious return. It's just like he's just there. He yeah. just is like, well, hey, hey, like, man, like I'm I just want to check around. in and see how you're doing. He's still yeah. around because I still, still exist pretty much in Angel Grove. So like it would be like one of those things where like you're just like, oh, you see those people at the the market or whatever. Like you see them. They're still the alive. Market. What, how many markets are you in? Well, I was um, going to say farmer's market. And I was like, that might be something very yeah. specific. But uh, and I was like, does Angel Grove it's have California, right? Because like, oh, I'm sure they do. Um, um but like, well, they have so many quarries. They must have a, a farmer's market in one of those. Honestly. Yeah, and, and all those rock quarries, they would have some sort <laughs> of crop. Um, but like you would see those people around. Obviously, Tommy's off racing cars uh, and be also becoming a paleontologist. Um, well, you at, know, in between his studies, his doctoral studies. Rocky is God knows where. Um, but Adam was waiting to like, get abducted for the 25th. Adam's just like, I'm here. Uh, but I, I think it brings it full circle, like especially like that being the last time you pretty much see Adam to have him come back in Operation Overdrive. And you're just like, oh, he continued like he wanted to continue doing this so much that he f- somehow figured out a way to get his morpher working again. 
and became a leader of almost like a spec ops team of other. Well, I like leaders. to imagine that he was involved with alpha a little bit more because he also knows how to get like alpha back involved in that sort yeah. of stuff. And, you and know, and like, whatever you say about the morphing grid and all that. But I also, thing- I love, I love that he shows up. He, I would argue is really the first ranger that shows up because the ranger needed help. Not because there was a threat of a monster. Right. He, you know it's what I mean? Monster. Most of the times it's like, oh, this monster's on the loose or whatever. He's, listening. He's like your grandparents who listen to the police blotter who are just like listening <laughs> to the different crimes that are happening. And Adam's like, we need to go. We've got to do karate in the park. I'm getting the blue mat out of storage. <laughs> Honey, um, so I actually, I don't have many more moments for me. I, I think like RPM, I think for me, a very specific moment that I do love in, in the franchise of power Rangers is I love, again, I love a season that takes a chance on its storytelling. And I think RPM is one of those amazing moments. And if you haven't watched it, watch it. It's on Netflix is the Dr. K episode. And I just love when you really find out what is the backstory of Dr. K and that moment where you find out she essentially was forced into creating this month. Like she was forced. She was taken to be somebody to help with the greater good. And they wouldn't like release her from that role. And so she created a a reason for her to be able to go outside and they wouldn't like, because of everything got caught up, she's not able to deactivate this virus that essentially ends the world. And, you know, so the whole, you realize like this whole series is just her trying to find like, you know, reparations for her, her sins or whatever, you know? And, and it's kind of like, that's amazing multifaceted storytelling too, you know? So I, I, it's, it's sad. It's really, really sad. And it weighs on you. And I'll be excited to see if she, if she is playing Dr. K and Beast Morphers, cause she is also confirmed to be returning, but um, do you have I more? Mean, do you have more I mean, in the franchise? Like, beyond is, is one of my favorites, obviously, because we talked about it before. But like, aside from like the Doctor K stuff, like that first episode, the chase, like, or the race to the city of Corinth, Corinth, is yeah, potentially one of the coolest action scenes in Power Rangers, just like car wise. Um, but I, I mean, we've talked about it before. I love RPM anyway, but. Um, I was watching some clips from it the other day. And you know what I love about it is they're not talking while they're fighting. They're just fighting. They're just like doing the flips, making the hi sounds, hi uh, groaning or whatever. It's but there's not, no like, it's not like overly it's not the Nickelodeon era where it's just like, good Lord, every muscle that moves doesn't need a comment out of your mouth. Like, I mean, well, so I, like transitioning to that, like, do you have favorite moments from any of the uh, Nickelodeon? Well, that's, that's kind of the thing. I don't I, like not to say I haven't enjoyed any of the Nickelodeon shows. Cause I do enjoy Dino charge for the most part. I still haven't seen the end of Dino charge. I didn't really care for samurai at all. I, I appreciate that it tried to be the first like straight up adaptation of the, the, the Sentai storyline, like with literally just being like translated almost like word for word, trying to be like, okay, we're going to be the exact same. Um, I thought Megaforce had a promising idea that it really failed on and was just like, the best I get what it was trying to do, but it was just is the dream sequence at the very beginning that doesn't pay off. 
Yeah, exactly. And you're just, and it has nothing to do with that. None the dreams don't fall into it or anything. It just, it was bad. It was bad. Everything about it was bad. I don't like any, and I'll, I don't care if you're somebody that loves it, that's fine, but whatever I, you, it is not a highlight in the series. It was a wasted opportunity. And I, I mean, Donald Trump is okay. I, I do actually enjoy the 25th anniversary episode, the dimensions in danger. I like how it rolls some of the comic book stuff into it with Tommy and having the sun with a spiked collar stuff. What? That's oh, the, the spikes on their shoulders. On that was shoulders. like one of the last Hasbro figures to come out too, with the evil Red Ranger, like that re- evil MMPR, like Red yeah. Ranger. So strange. Well, I like. I, I wish it, it's one of those things where I kind of. I wish that it's twenty five years. How often do shows get to twenty five years? I wish it had been two episodes. Like, um, I think it it had a solid enough plot that that could have been two episodes. I don't know, and it's just, it's like the ridiculousness of the Ninja Steel stuff takes away from it. But I really like. I felt like that was kind of a celebration of getting able to see these like characters again. And yeah, they're not a hundred percent the characters that we last left them with and whatever. And, but it still, still does acknowledge like, okay, well, Dino Thunder, Dino charge was in another series, another dimension and all that. So I have enjoyed that. I, I do enjoy beast morphers, but has it had a moment yet where I was like, that's a defining moment in a franchise. No. Is every season going to have a defining moment in a franchise? No, but shouldn't it strive to? And I, and I'm honest to God, I feel like, for some reason, the repurchase of Power Rangers uh, for when it when it became Saban and now it's Hasbro has just always been trying to be like, how do we make it Mighty Morphin Power Rangers again? And I'm like, don't you understand the success of Power Rangers and all these great moments that we've been talking about this entire episode don't come from it being Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It comes from those moments where it's moving pe- beyond that. Mm-hmm. Everything we've talked about has been those really key moments in storytelling where it said okay, we have faith in the audience to be able to be understand the story we're trying to tell. And like, you just because they're kids, and this can still be a kid's show, but just because they're kids doesn't mean it has to be stupid. Don't treat And I'm like not it. saying it is. Well, that's the thing. And also, you know, we live in a different time now where the kids, you know, nine, 10 year olds can watch any episode in the entire 27 episodes of a series. So like, you can reference some of that older stuff a little more freely now. And not just for older fans, but get the younger kids to go back and see some of that stuff. I'd love to see like some of the, even if it's more of the recent actors in the Nickelodeon era coming back, but like do that sort of stuff, experiment, celebrate your franchise, celebrate the history of your franchise while also moving it forward. You know, it's, nobody's going to care if it's the same thing over and over again. I still have friends asking me on, on social media where they'll be like, my daughter's watching this now we just watched this and this what do you recommend and i'll be like this season this season this season because you know this season's i think very different this season tells this kind of a story that's a great message for kids you know this is another one and it's not just that like these seasons i feel like are just trying to tread when you're just trying to retread familiar ground you also don't have any heart and soul to it so it just feels empty to me and I'm not saying it all felt empty because I have enjoyed a lot of Dino Charge. I don't know how it, I don't, I know that there's some debate about the, how it ends. And and the same with uh, Beast Morphers, the second season I've, I've heard is kind of going a little bit in that wayside. But, um, well, I mean, it's like, I, I have, I have faith in it still, you know, things that are interesting and dynamic and kind of like nimble while also staying true to like the things that make Power Rangers what it is like 
you you don't have to conform completely to what the kind of like blueprint is and it you almost like fail if you stick strictly to a blueprint right like exactly colored rangers like do this and then maybe we'll introduce a six and it's like well didn't they learn that in season three of power rangers isn't that why they changed suits isn't that why then from like i mean like like from turbo they went into space you know like so it's I, I think sometimes people who don't either know what it is they have their hand in or it's people that don't respect what they have their hand in. Right. And I think that's that's a big thing that we've seen in the history of the show is it doesn't get the respect that it deserves. And it's no longer something and it hasn't been something for years to have been like laughed at. And, you know, even with the 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 rumor of what the new movie about being like something that goes back into the 90s where the current Power Rangers have to help the Power Rangers in the 90s. Power Rangers, I, I think you un, like whoever is writing that completely is misunderstanding what Power Rangers was. Yeah, yeah, it was a craze in the 90s, but there's nothing about Power Rangers that's a, that to me is essentially something 90s about it. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like Power Rangers have always dressed the time they live sort of thing. Like, well, right. Like, yeah, ex- like, you know, a thing of its time. But like Power Rangers has proven that it transcends kind of a time and a story and a setting with, you know, I think it proved that with like leaving and going in space and then being lost in a galaxy and then being, you know, firefighters and EMTs and that sort of stuff. And then, you know, then moving on to, to ninjas at a training Academy and, you know, and then coming back to high school, like it has shown that this is a story that can kind of, it's, it's that whole, like, it's that thing about like the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. The whole message of all those movies is that anyone can be a symbol for good. And that's what I feel like power Rangers is. You don't have to be a teenager in high school, you know? And I hate that it always falls back on that because that was, that's the past, you know? Um, but before we are running out of time, but you have, you have some franchise moments you wanted to bring up that aren't on the show, right? Um, one specific, and I mean, like, I briefly brought it up during the Psycho Ranger one, and this, I'll, I'll keep it super brief, but, like, so the introduction of the, the green Psycho Ranger in the comic books is, there's twofold things of, about why it's kind of, like, pretty interesting, like, the idea that there was this six Ranger that existed with the Psycho Rangers that we didn't see in the show, right? And then we find out why there was a reason it why. it was in, like, the 60s, right? Right. And then this this ties into not just that, but like this existence of a Power Rangers team, a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers team that existed prior to that we never knew the the regular Mighty Morphin right prior to like Jason, Tommy and like uh, Trini and all them like there was this team post Cowboy Rangers pre Mighty Morphin. Right. They and they were on the moon and this Green Ranger just essentially decimates this entire team of Rangers, except for one, uh, the red Ranger who ends up like helping like the money more from power Rangers that we know. Um, mm-hmm. but this one psycho Ranger essentially wipes them all out and it's pretty visceral, like breaking their visors while they're on the moon. Oh, yeah. Like, so they're just dead. Um, and it's, it's I this think, like one's crushed with a boulder. Yeah. Like it's, there's tons of like just this awful like horrific imagery of like what are like teens to 20 somethings just getting wiped out by this one elite fighter um and and we've up to this point like we know the psycho rangers are kind of like interesting and like 
fascinating and kind of like they look cool, but like, what do they actually do and how powerful well, are they? Yeah. Where did they come from? What were and, they made from? And so like to have this one, this mystery one, like wipe out almost an entire team and to have that be the backstory to this red Ranger that is helping Jason and the others on earth, like 50 years after the fact, um, and, and initially when she's introduced, like she's she's essentially like locking down Tommy and, and all these other like and she seems like kind of a hard well, ass. Not Tommy. No, she's she she is like the <laughs> the Lord Draken. Okay, like, but not Tommy, it's, Tommy. It's, yeah. I mean, okay. But like she's she's locking this stuff down and she seems she comes off like kind of this hard ass, and you're just like, what is wrong with you? Well, it, you're missing a big moment too. She's essentially the person who helped create Terra Venture. Mm-hmm. And that's a big moment too, where you're like, oh, this thing was evolved from way back when. Like, I love that. I love that there's so many seasons present in this, you know? Yes. And it's like, they touch on all these different elements. And then you're just like, well, what, why, why are you doing this? Like, what is your purpose for all this? Like what's driving you to do this? And you find out she's like, well, I was exactly like you. Like, she's not this monster. She's like, this is what's happened to me because of the experiences I've had because Zordon chose me first. And this stuff happened. Like, I was ill-prepared to handle and our entire team was ill-prepared to handle. Like we were chosen and then we had to go do this. And it was like, instead of like doing the build up with like putties and garbage monsters. Yeah. They were like right off the bat. Yeah. Like taking on a green ranger type figure. And it's, it's phenomenal. Like the illustration, the, the, you know what I never put together that it was a green ranger, that it was the first thing they thought was an evil. Yeah. The same way the Mighty Morphin did. Yeah, I never I never put that together. That's a good that's a good point. But that's... I just kind of thought, oh, this is another ranger, another color they picked. But you're you're right. You know, like and that is the other part, too, is what I love about that story is the fact that it's also it's not just the team. The team didn't fail. They were just outmatched. So in essence, they failed. But it was Zordon that failed them, too. Yeah. I mean, like they were so ill prepared and like untrained to do this, like essentially with the mm-hmm. mighty Morphin, like they were able to build up to like get some sort of experience. Whereas these initial Rangers are just like, yeah, go to the moon. Good luck. And <laughs> bye. <laughs> so like, and I, I mean like that explains why she's so distrusting of Tommy at this point, because she, if she's aware of like what Dracon becomes, like she's also distrusting of Tommy. No, 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 no. I think you're misremembering the story plot. There is no Tommy at this point. It's only like Tommy's dead. So it, she doesn't come into the fact. I don't think she prior shows up. To Shattered Grid. No. I don't think so. I think she shows up after Tommy died. I thought, but I could be 1000% incorrect and just remembering it wrong. I have a bad habit of like reading them all smushed together and then like not re-examining them again. But you might be right. You might be right. Issues 24. Well, she's well, 24 is the first Shattered Grid episode issue. I know. Yeah, because 24, she's got. Yeah, but Dracon shows up before Shattered Grid. 
Power Rangers 20 shows the, it's the moon Red Ranger helmet things, which is her helmet. When does... I'm picturing the cover of her. You're, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. It, I know the, I know the cover you're talking about. Red Ranger with the reflection of the moon in it. Yeah, but I'm, I'm trying to picture like there's one where Tommy's in like handcuffs. That's, that's like 24 and he's sitting at the table because that's not Tommy. That's Draken. Okay. Tommy's, Tommy's dies before Tommy's never in handcuffs. It's not Tommy. It's Draken. But she, you're right. If, if issue 20 is the moon, then she does show up before he dies because he dies in like issue 24, I think. 24 is, is like 24 it. is the first is the prelude to it whatever and i th- i want to say maybe the cover was like where jen's coming down out of no, the time 24 thing. is the handcuffs 25 might be handcuff or jen well because he he does show up before shattered grid he yeah. shows up in like 17 or 18 and she puts him in a prison you're right she put you're, you are right i'm sorry she puts him in a prison and they've got him in a prison because he's got like the broken sabar or whatever and it's then so okay okay would be where tommy gets because he gets out or something because i think one of them sees what's going to happen like they they pr- they hint at what's going to happen way earlier than it does it's also uh, been, so it, it gets a little confusing but a but, few years since we've <laughs> read through i know it's crazy ever. though it's crazy that the, we're talking those are like epi, you know issues uh what, what did you say like 20 and like i think issue 50 comes out like next month and they only come out once a month so that means it's been two years you're right yeah no yeah that's crazy um but anyway. we'll do we'll do another we'll do an episode about all that stuff though sorry we'll roll we'll refresh and talk about comic books and everything like that i know you're dying to get into that and, and there are, there are the, comic book moments that i do not have in this list where i'm just like this is insane this is crazy i can't believe no i i mean I, I i i do enjoy like soul of the dragon stuff like that i do like what happens in the mighty morphin i i like the go-go route um so i yeah we we gotta have a whole nother one where we talk about highlights from that but um i think the comics in general is a highlight in the franchise i think it takes it into a really unique um territory where at first i was like blah comic whatever i'm not into it and then i read it and i'm like you know this is really where the storytelling is excelling and i think the show needs to take a a a message from that where the comic really celebrates the history of the show it's i mean yeah it's still rooted in mighty morphin but it hasn't always been because beyond the grid it's only got like only had like one evil mighty morphin ranger in that and that was not even on the show so it was you know it it takes these routes you know and plays with that a little bit and you know, I'm. It's it's difficult. I, I, Power Rangers and Star Trek have a lot in common to me. You know, because Star Trek's got like the original series and the Next Generation, and then Voyager and Deep Space Nine, and the J.J. Abrams movies, and it's got all these like timelines, Discovery, Picard, like all these timelines that you can take, and you're it all wants to respect the original thing, but it, it's also it should be its own thing at the same time too, a celebration of what it is and. I don't know. I hope we're on that cusp where maybe we've we've got something where they're realizing like we can bump this up in a way where it's still accessible to everybody and but it, it can still be good, but a celebration of what it has been while also being something new. You know? Um, so well that's that's I think we've talked a lot of a lot of uh, great moments and you know honestly there's the hard part with Power Rangers is there's like almost a thousand episodes so when we start having these conversations I don't know about you but I start to think like okay 
I've got to go back and rewatch that. I've got to be watch and watch that. Yeah. I've got to go back and re- yeah, yeah. And the same like you're saying, I'm missing something. Like we didn't even talk about the first ever battleizer from like in space uh, when when Andros is uh, that. Um, the Delta Morpher on his wrist gets pushed and like he has that amazing like rubber suit thing. Mm-hmm. The fake. There's, there's just like, yeah, the fa- where they were like, let's give him a Batman suit with really ripped abs. You know, people uh, and wings. Schumacher Batman. <laughs> give him the nips, <laughs> but uh, kids love nipples. He, uh, you know, these kids today, they're all about those nipples. Um, the returns on Batman Forever and Batman and Robin really proved us, uh, proved me right. But I, I just, I think like, yeah, we'll have to do individual season breakdowns with, like we said, with like highlights, how the villains compare, stuff like that. You know, I think someday we should still do also like, maybe we should do, you know, how we did the bracket challenge for the suit designs. Maybe we should do something like that, but like for the villains. Ooh. Find out who like the best villain has been. Cause I'd like to do that or like, a, uh, so it's hard because it's almost like the best villain or do you do it as like, do you group them as like a, uh, as a, like a tier sort of show? I, I don't like know. Flip door looks so cool. Number one always. No, we, we oh, see that we can't even go that far. Cause a clip a general. We'd have to go with big bads. So it'd uh. be like Rita Zed. Like, do you put master vile in there? I don't know. You know, like Mondo Machina, like they'd group together. Like you, I would group the Machine Empire as one. You so know, stuff that like, I appreciate the generals more than the big bats because I'm like Goldar and Ecliptor or um. Oh my god, yeah, but yeah, Rito was great too. I always enjoy Rito. Um, Ecliptor, I do actually think is probably doesn't ever get his light to shine quite as much as he should. Ecliptor is like Ecliptor was scary from beginning to end. Whereas Goldar like was scary in the beginning and then became essentially a doofus later. Mm-hmm. But we knew that. these are, these are, these are future topics. So um, we'd like to hear from you out there though. What are some of your favorite moments in the power Rangers franchise? I mean, we didn't even bring up like the movies or anything. Like I said, Ken wants to do a whole podcast just on child Power Rangers. So <laughs> specifically, Justin and the tiny and the little Rangers when from Alien Rangers. He why only cares about them. And why do we hate them? Is it wrong to hate children? <laughs> Some might say yes. Well, you're I a agree. you're a teacher, so it, it it alarms me. But whatever, I'm just like uh, I can't watch an entire episode of Children. Yeah, here we are. Ken's favorite literary character ever, the Trunchbill from Matilda. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever visited his classroom, you've been to the Chokey. Um, <laughs> <Chokey. so, laughs> uh, if you don't know what that is, you don't read or watch good movies starring Miranda. Bruce um, <laughs> More chocolate cake. Um, yeah. Now I really want chocolate cake, but no, we we would love to hear from you, our three listeners, and we want to know like, is there uh, what your favorite moments are? Maybe maybe some like other future discussion topics, like what we should talk about. We can narrow it down to have it more concrete. I know this is a long episode again, but um, I'd rather like carry through what we're talking about and be efficient about it than like cut it short, you know. But um. No, we want topics to hear from you. We are on uh, social media like Twitter. 
Instagram. Uh, we're Podcast Rangers. This uh, podcast goes up on YouTube too. Um, with just kind of if you just you just listen, there's no visual aspect to it, but it's on YouTube.com/slash Podcast Rangers. Um, or I think you just can type in Podcast Rangers on YouTube and find it. But YouTube, you got Instagram to get in contact with us. You got Twitter. Um, you can send us an email, podcastrangers at gmail.com. You can, uh, we would love it if you subscribed. I cannot speak. If you could subscribe to the podcast on, on um, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you'll find us on uh, both of those. Some days I'll work up the courage to make a Stitcher account um, if, if need be. Um, Ken, anything to say before we go? Uh, not much. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you guys listening to us badger on nonsense about favorite moments. I mean, you know, this, like I said, this has always been one of those things where it's just a discussion about friends, just trying to have a conversation about the things about Power Rangers that we love. And uh, we want to get to know you out there, friends, a little bit more. So please interact with us on those social media, uh, on those social media channels so we can get a dialogue going, have a little bit more uh, back and forth, maybe answer some questions or like I said, address your topics. So contact us everywhere, podcast rangers, and uh, that'll do it for this episode, but we'll see you next time with another episode of podcast rangers. Thank you.